Welcome to Take Your Points. Um, I'm Ronan Scott. This week, uh, it's Ulster Championship final weekend. Calvin are playing Donegal, and Gerard O'Kane's here to talk about how you think it's going to go. And I think your column this week, Gerard, is about the Ulster final. I presume Donegal victory, is that what you think? Yeah, well, I've sort of done a bit of a preview on the match itself. And I suppose the head drill and the heart in this one that uh, may finish in line would just be Donegal with three or more. I think that, uh, I just think that that's been their eighth final in nine years. They have the experience, they have the players available. If you match the two sides up, really, uh, when it comes down to it, in the simplest form, Donegal have better players. They probably have more players in what you would call the all-star, the top bracket, than Cavan do. And given that, uh, I, I just think they have maybe a wee bit too much power for them, a wee bit too much experience all, all through the field. Calvin beat Donegal in under twenty, under twenty ones finals as it was then uh, back in 2012-2013. Do you think that'll help or will that matter at all? I don't think it'll matter as much to Donegal on Sunday. I think it might help Calvin a wee bit that they have that experience of doing it and it'll probably be uh, refreshed on them during the week. Look, this is nothing new. We've beat this same group of players. Maybe a lot of them played in that under 21 final and 12 and 13 and we've been here before with them and we've proved we can beat them in finals. For Donegal I don't think it might matter as much because I just think they've been through the mill that much in terms of the senior football they've played in the last six or seven years that an under 21 final would be far removed from them whereas that would mean a lot more to Cavan because they haven't maybe done as much or they haven't experienced as much since then. Yeah. Uh, could we be reading too much into Donegal's performance against Tyrone in their lead-up to it, or, or, or are they just as good as they look? I think Donegal are just as good as they look. Uh, in terms of what you call the chasing pack, I think even by not playing yesterday, they've maybe crept up another notch or two uh, to be maybe second or maybe third behind Dublin. But looking at this Donegal side, I think that uh, they're very, very astute all over the field. And... They have players that can play multiple positions. Granted, Trone were poor, and they only beat Trone before. So, going into the 70th minute, there was three points on it, one kick of the ball. But I think Donegal are a team like that, that they never seem to overwhelm teams and beat them out the gate. Once Donegal get you the four or five points, they think they can comfortably keep you there. And they were comfortably keeping Trone to four or five points. And I think the word of four points stuffing would have been more apt in terms of it being a tight game. But I think Donegal is very, very good at getting a team within four or five points and just keeping them there the way more akin to what a boxer would do, just jabbing away, jabbing away. If you get a score, they'll race up the field and get one within the next two or three attacks and just keep that margin through. They very rarely beat a team by nine, 10, 11 points. They don't seem to want or need to feel the way Kerry have to kick on sometimes that, or Dublin always kick on when they get to 14, 15 Donegal don't seem to do that, but I think it's well within their makeup just to comfortably control a game at four or five. Uh, if Cavan have a chance, what do they have to do? They probably have to set the tone early. Donegal set the tone early against Tyrone. Once they went three or four ahead, it was making it doubly hard for Tyrone to get back into the game because they can retreat into their shell a wee bit and invite Tyrone on. Uh, I think if Cavan are going to let Donegal dictate the game on their terms and get three or four ahead, uh, I think it'll stay that way the whole game. Cavan probably have to take the lead early, but in doing that, they might have to get a goal. Now, they've only hit one goal in their three games in the Championship so far, 
and bear in mind they played in their Armagh team that are quite open at the back and they like to leave space at the back. So how they're going to fashion a goal chance or two against Donegal, I think will be very difficult. But I think we have to get the lead early on and try and play it in the front foot from there. But they have to change tactics during the game. Uh, similar to what Derry didn't do against Tyrone. Against Tyrone, Derry pushed and pushed the kickouts, pushed the kickouts, and finally paid off. And once they got in front in the 62nd or 63rd minute, it was pushing the kickouts out done Derry. If they had to retreat it on that kickout and let Tyrone take the kickout instead of one kickout beating them all. Uh, so I think once Kevin, if they can get in front, they have to play the game in their own terms. Then once they do that, you can use the old adage, why change what's working for you? But I think if they do that, they'll leave space at the back because they've done it again Armagh. They left two or three goal chances and only it fell to Mark Shields against Armagh who had two guilt days goal chances. Jimmy Clark missed a, what would be him a rather, a rather simple chance. I, I couldn't see Donegal missing three or four of them. So I think we have to get in front and then change tactics once they do that, which is difficult during a game because once you're in the flow of a game and you're going that way, you say, right, we'll keep doing it, keep doing it. But I think the more, if they do get in front and keep doing that, it could be the undoing of them as well. Okay. So uh, Donegal win expected, but Kevin have things to do, they need to win. That's, it should be an interesting final, but we'll see how it goes and we'll be chatting this time, fortnight's time about how it went. But thanks yeah. so much for your time, George. Thank you. No problem. Grand. So this week we have uh, Chris Kerr as our guest. Uh, Chris is a former Andrew player and current St. Gauls player. But we wanted to start by talking to you about, Chris, about your... Um, last year you spoke about your issues with mental health and you wrote a blog about the mental health and then off the back of that blog you were asked by the GPA to be an ambassador for it. Could you tell us a little bit about that and what the reaction's been about that since, since then? My dad passed away in 2013, so I was sort of hemming and hanting about it for a long time, you know, whether it was always I'm from West Belfast, so, and a, good, and a strong connection with North Belfast, playing soccer over the years for um, Newington. So I felt that all I was ever reading about was suicides in young men, um, and I felt that if I could share my sort of experiences, and if that could help one person, or it could help people to, um, to go and get help themselves, then that was my idea behind it. Um, so the GPA helped me, out, they um, they put it out on their platforms or their website, their social media forums, and the reaction was unreal. Uh, it was more probably you sort of expect your friends or teammates to be like, you know, supportive. But I, I think when it, it goes further, um, you know, countrywide, um, you know, players from all over the country that I've never met before were were getting in contact. Um, the referee from the rugby, Nigel Owens, who had dealt with his own mental health problems, got in touch. So I think when it goes that far and, you know, most people, it'll, it'll come to somebody's door at some stage. So I, I think most people can relate to it and are, are quite, you know, supportive of it. Do you think it's an issue that's maybe not looked at enough in the G GAA? You know, is that something that obviously why the GPA are getting involved? The GPA are obviously the, the, the players' body, so they always have the, the players' interest at, at heart. Um, you know, they do great work, you know, probably, you know, I wouldn't know where it would be if it, if it wasn't for them and, and their services. You know, initially it was their, their counselling services, um, you know, and it's not just a, with grief, you know, there's, you know, for people struggling with gambling problems, um, alcohol problems, that is very prominent, financial problems, relationship problems, you know, 
normal problems that a lot of people have. Um, they're very supportive of the players. Uh, I think it's getting better. Most clubs now will have health and well-being officers. There's a lot more nights and, and gradually people are starting to, to speak more about it. And I think with, you know, sometimes social media can get a, a bad light, but I think social media is quite good at, at driving that message too. Um, you know, people don't have to lift up a phone or go and see a professional straight away. They can read things online. They can click into blogs if they're on the bus or train going to work or, or, or from work. So I think they're doing a, a lot a lot of good work there um, in, in promoting it. And what work are you doing at the moment? Are you are you proactively doing help helping people or not proactive I'm not I'm not gonna I'm you know, I would love to give more time to it. Um, I think with um, now from I've stopped playing with Antrim, I've um, been able to attend more things like the likes of schools, clubs um, you know, last October, the GPA asked me to go to Brussels, um, in European Parliament, to speak, uh, which was um, was a great experience too. Um, with all delegates around around Europe, um, there was no Brexit talk or there was no border talks. Thank God, and I think they maybe panicked when they heard someone from hmm. West Belfast was coming at uh, the European Parliament. But um, no, it was it's been very good, and any time I'm asked to do it, I'll I'll, I'll go. You know. Being from West Belfast, that is an area that has a lot of issues with suicide and mental health problems. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, definitely. It has been the last number of years. I know there's a lot of charities and, and groups doing great work on the ground. Um, I think having, you know, not having a sitting assembly doesn't doesn't help them either. Um, I think the sooner that gets sorted, that um, they can, you know, put more money and resources into it. So um, yeah, West and North Belfast in particular. Are all, have always been, you know, badly hit. You were say, mentioned there that you're about retirement from county football. How have you dealt with the retirement? How are you, do you miss playing, or how, you know, how do you feel about it now? Yeah, you'll always miss playing. I, I, I always say to people, playing's the easy part, you know, and not in a sort of way that you're, you're that good, but you know that's the easy bit is putting on your gear and going and playing. I think it's the uh, you know, the other side of it, the travelling alone, the, you know the. Every night of the week you're at something, you're five, six nights a week the way it's went, whilst trying to work as well and fit other commitments in. Um, you know, I think it's it's the pit or it's the bit that's not really enjoyable. Um, but the plan, you know, I'll, you know, you'll never replace that buzz of, of, of playing those those big games. Um, whether it's league or, or championship, I always love I love playing every every game. I suppose missing it. You know the way it, the way it sort of happened was you know I get injured after the down match and was was injured and never really heard back from you know the management team um, so I just took it upon myself just to sort of doing it on my own terms um, wanted to go out playing and you know I'd, I'd played over a hundred times um, never won anything with Antrim but I captained I was captain of the county I was um, the first goalkeeper to score for the county um, and played in a lot of big games and had a had a load of good days as well with you know I know Adrum GA in the past has got a bit of bad light but you know there were some really good times too. But what what times did you enjoy the most? Probably you know first of all just playing you know getting that opportunity to play against top players you know in Ulster and across the country um, that you know you would never be given that chance playing playing for the club really unless you're at the really at the the top end of it. Playing against Galway would be Galway in a qualifier and um, one of the last games in casement. You know, they had a really strong team, Michael Meehan, Podrick Joyce, Sean Armstrong all playing, Gary Sace. Um, you know, we kicked the last minute winner. Um, I think 
playing a, a leash in uh, qualifier 2012. Uh, we're nine down at half time. Um, there was a whole rigmarole before the game. There was three, uh, three St Gauls players dropped before the game um, because of a hurling game on the Friday night, the relegation battle. So to come back and win that game, um, you know, and it was one of the best games I played in. I think in the space of 45 seconds, it kicked a point and then saved a penalty. So it was one that it was always one that stuck out. How did you find dealing with that St Gauls interim challenge? And you know, because there's the two big priorities: St Gauls are winning a lot, and Antrim you have felt like you had to give the time to them. Yeah. So it's a clash. I never. I always felt it was a a privilege, like you know, to represent St Gauls at, at that level, and you know, for you know, even opposing teams to look at a program and be like, "There's an Antrim team with five or six St Gauls players in it." Um, considering what St Gauls done during that stage on the provincial and All Ireland series. Um, I always thought that, but um, you know, I, I I love playing for both. As I say, it was it was the games or were the easy was the easy part. Playing was was the easy part. Um, you know, again, I'm 32. A lot of people were saying to me that I was probably too young to to stop. And if probably circumstances had been different, I probably would have continued playing. Um, I think now you hear of you know even comments and during the Tyrone and Antrim game was that St Gauls and Cargan. Um, don't play their or didn't send their players, which a lot of those boys have given 10, 12, 13 years previous um, to playing. So at no stage did, you know, did St. Gaul's players say no, you know? Um, so I think when, you, when you've given 10, 11 years, I started in 2007, and then you hear those sort of sweeping comments, it's a bit frustrating, but you know, a bit annoying too, like, you know. So the criticism of, of St Gaul's not putting players forward for Antrim isn't, isn't true, it never happened? It's, you know, you look back in championship panels, uh, league panels, um, it's always been present with St Gaul's and, you know, I'm not speaking on behalf of St Gaul's or Cargan, but those boys were the same, they they all play, but, you know, most of them players from both clubs now are in their 30s, so the, the dynamics change, there's boys there with, with children, waves, um, like some myself, get married and stuff so I think those comments were probably incorrect like during the game which was which was frustrating because I was kicking every ball for Antrim and then out of the blue during the commentary it's just mentioned that they don't send their players and you're you're like well for 10 11 years we were all there so I think that's just frustrating disrespectful perhaps I think it is I think it's you know um I just think it's sort of nearly lazy journalism uh, of of making those comments um, instead of looking at the you know the facts, Lenny wanted a team of young lads um, uh, to fit a certain profile of the way he wants to play and, and X, Y, and Z. Um, I think it is you know you've seen them boys playing from you know a lot of from the early two thousands right right up until you know last year as well. So I think it is a bit disrespectful. Any regrets? Anything you would did, would have liked to do differently? Probably, probably would have liked to have played longer. You know, um, probably would have liked to have started earlier too. You know, um, wouldn't say any real regrets. Um, you know, everything I done, I was stuck bad, and you know, I enjoyed every minute of it. And the high point is the high point. The St Gaul's success. St Gaul playing for playing for your clubs. Obviously, you know, you're playing with all your friends from from no age. Um, we've been lucky. We're all very we're all very close and good friends as well. So I think winning championships with St Gaul's over the years. Um, you know, and having those big days out and those those memories where we're always, you know, at the top. Um, hopefully there's a few more to come. Chris, that's great. Thanks for your time. Yes, no it. problem. It's good.
Jared is still here with us and so is Chris and we're going to speak first about um, the issue of Corrigan Park because it's been in the news recently. Antrim playing their home advantage against Kildare this weekend. How, how important is, do you think this is? Is it a positive thing that they get home advantage or is it more negatives that they should be really be playing in Casement Park? What's your take, you know, because that's your part of the world? First of all, it's good to actually see them get a home game um, in terms of actually being a positive. Don't know at the end of the day, you know, you could put so much pressure on yourself that, you know, even social media, White Rock or nowhere, the same sort of thing as Kildare last year. Um, in terms of your normal sort of county ground, there's no stand, it's very open to the elements. You know, Kildare will not maybe, you know, they could use that to their advantage. In terms of casement, I don't know how much of a positive it would have been like in recent years of playing there. Uh, I know there's a whole sort of heightened sort of talk before the Trone game. There's no home ground not playing in casement, but if anything, I nearly thought it was a plus playing the athletic grounds. It's a lot more narrow uh, than casement. Casement was a monster of a pitch width and length. So I think in terms of defending against Tyrone and Division One teams, uh, I think athletic grounds was, you know, a good good choice as opposed to playing in a, a bigger bigger pitch. Isn't that frustrating for you though that Antrim have only ever had one main ground? Like where are these extra grounds that you know the likes of Derry have one big and yeah, at Celtic Park and there's plenty of grounds in Tontrone. Like it's frustrating, it'd be frustrating for me that there's no secondary ground, you know. Cargill can only hold a couple of thousand. Absolutely, um, I think it's been the case for, for years so it's sort of, you get could, you could past the frustration, it's just nearly becomes the norm where it's, um, and where light years behind um, different counties, you know, the likes of Derry, Tyrone, that have their second, third grounds that can hold county games. Um, the frustration that you nearly sense that from the current team is that, you know, having to go to Armagh as opposed to having another ground, you know, a Currigan done up or a Ballycastle or a Craigan, Toonbridge being, being done up, um, the county standard. So I think in terms of that, it's, it's frustrating, but it's become the norm. From the outsider, Jared, what's your take on the whole Antrim issue that's been rumbling on for the past couple of months? I suppose it's been talked talked over and over now at this point in terms of the whole casement thing. But I think it was really it was really a poor decision to close the gates on it before the planning was granted with all the red tape, with all the boxes ticked for the new stadium that was going to redevelop it. You know, and then once it did close, it fell into such a dilapidated state they probably couldn't open it again. You know, and from an outsider looking in, like I had always a great time for casement. Ask any anybody from another county that played on, great pitch to play on. Going into casement, you know, especially for dairy people, it wasn't that far away, just up the motorway. You know, we used to have great times playing on it. You know, when I had played on it a lot from as a schoolboy, I have fond memories of it. And I think it is quite poor for Antrim that they can't get a home ground like that. And if you drive up the Falls Road and you even take a look in, you can see the state that it's in, uh, I'm not sure what the status is with the grounds down the county and that Ballycastle and Deloitte can hold hurling games which take reasonably big crowds so I'm not sure if they have passed some sort of county ground standard or maybe it's different for a Joe McDonough game or a Christy Ring game but surely there's bound to be another stadium within Antrim that with very little work could get get the standard up to it needed to hold a decent county game. Yeah. There's a lot of county games on this weekend. Any upsets, do you think? Can you see anything on the horizon or do you think it's all going to go as is? Or which game are you most looking forward to seeing? I'm actually looking forward to the Ulster final. 
I think it'll be a good game. Uh, with regard to the Leinster final, I think going down the home straight, I'd imagine Dublin will be maybe seven or eight or nine points to the good against Meath. Whereas you compare that to the Ulster final, I think when you come into the last ten, by virtue of the way Donegal play, if they are leading, I think they'll only be three or four ahead. And if Cavan's leading, I think they'll only be three or four ahead because that's all they could get ahead of Donegal. So it'll be a type of game where when you come down the home stretch, there'll still be a kick of the ball between it, which keeps it interesting, similar to what the Connacht final was. Whereas I think if you're looking at maybe the other two provincial finals, I think they could be done and dusted by the 55th, 60th minute. Whereas the Ulster final will be more interesting from that perspective. Cavan like to play an open brand of football, so they'll probably maybe go at Donegal. That's the way they've played all year, only maybe with a change of personnel. Donegal would maybe suss them out a bit more. They're not as open. They like to get ahead and then sort of retreat back into their shell. But I'm hoping now for a good open game of football. It's my, it'll be my first final since I played in one in 2011, since I was at. So it'll be good to go as a spectator and sort of take in the day that it is. Hopefully it's decent weather. You know, you can take a walk around Clonus first and uh, I think with the middle of last week, most tickets were sold out. So I'd imagine they'll, you know, they'll bring a good atmosphere to it. The Ulster final is another reason for, uh, it's one of the arguments that provincial competitions should stay, unlike the Leinster and the Munster competitions. But last, at the weekend, we saw Roscommon, another great victory there for the underdog, I suppose. What are your, what's your thoughts? How are you looking forward to this Ulster final? And do you think, where do you fall on that side of arguments of provincial championships? Definitely, I think we're lucky that we're probably the best in terms of the football championships, the most competitive. I think this year has been, the games have all, it's been really good. Um, I think there's only been one or two, maybe maybe Tyrone against Antrim was the only really big scoreline. Um, you know, Kevin taking Armada, replay, Fermanagh holding Donegal scoreless for 15 to 20 minutes first half and then Donegal having to work themselves into it and then the last day Donegal against Tyrone were, were exceptional. You know, they went into that as, as underdogs um, and, you know, they caught Tyrone on the hop and, the, you know, it was only three or four points, but it was it was a comfortable three to four points. Yeah. Anniversary of the Antrim's, you know, appearance in the Ulster final. Like, it is a good, great day for the, I mean, the smaller teams can get to the Ulster final. It's still possible, even though there's strong teams up here. Absolutely. It's just, you know, there's, there's Kevin avoided, basically, Tyrone, Monaghan and um, Donegal deny. So um, if you get a bit of momentum, um, there's no reason why one of the so-called smaller teams, and I say that, you know, Kevin are, are far from a small team. I think they're, they'll give Donegal their fill of it. You know, I've been really impressed with them, especially, you know, I wouldn't be well-renowned for my finishing, but in terms of their finishing, you know, very composed, McVitie, uh, Murray and McKiernan, all very, you know, they make sure that they're they're taking the right shot, and I think they'll it'll it'll be a good game. Of the qualifiers matches, you see any upsets there? Do you think uh, you know can Antrim do it against Kildare, or you know do you see? Notoriously, Antrim have always been a qualifier team. Um, you know, even you know we beat Galway in a qualifier in 2012 under you know Baker. Um, we beat Leash. We were nine down at half time, came back and beat Leash. So I think Antrim usually go in. Um, you know, they're going in as underdogs against Kildare. Um, big pressure on Kane O'Neill, so the, the, the pressure's on Kildare to perform, really, and, you know, so-called put Antrim to a sword. But, you know, the Antrim boys will be buzzing after beating Louth, especially down there, six, seven points down at a stage two. So it'll be it'll be a decent game. Um, 
I'm looking forward to the Monaghan game, Monaghan against Armagh. don't think either teams have really know where they are. The worrying thing for Armagh is, is that McManus hasn't really caught fire yet. Um, I know he, you don't get that chance against Fermanagh, but you know it's going to come. Someone of, of his quality is going to come, and um, I'm sure Armagh are hoping it's not at the weekend. What do you think of the Armagh-Monaghan game, um, Jared? I've been impressed with Armagh all through the year and with their championship so far. Monaghan, I'm not saying it's one or bust under Malachy O'Rourke, but they seem to be a team that's sort of teetering that they're sort of just, they've had a plateau maybe. I don't know if they've had their glass ceiling or not. And Darren Hughes is out. Obviously, he's been out all year. He's not going to be back now. Uh, I think that once they miss one or two players, they're maybe not the team that we maybe thought they were. Uh, again, there's only so much that you can do at, to get their let team to a certain point and I think Mark he's maybe done that with them you know I'm not saying he's overachieved because they've been playing Division 1 football consistently the last 5-6 years but he has got every ounce out of them players and trying to do it again and again is difficult whereas I think Armagh's in a different place Armagh have been playing reasonably well this year if they could maybe shore up their defence a wee bit you know they conceded not 23 against Cavan the last day which is massive scoring you know 23 different scores as a score every two, two and a half minutes. Uh, but I think if they can sort that out, I would probably get our man to take them. Uh, of the other games, I'm actually expecting Derry to beat Leash. I don't know what way the bookies have it in terms of favourites or not, but Leash got to a Division 3 final, Derry got to a Division 4 final. If you're looking at it from that outset, Leash should be one of it. But I think people sort of forget the fact that it's easy being the naysayer that Day played them two league campaigns without seven St. Neil players. Had Leash been playing Tyrone, I don't think Leash would have pushed Tyrone the way Derry did. Had Leash been playing Wexford, I don't think Leash would have beat them by 18 points either. I think Derry have a lot more they uh, given this championship, and if they do get over Leash, I think they'll be one of the teams that other teams will want to draw. Yeah. All right, guys, thanks very much. Um, appreciate your thoughts and opinions. Um, I look forward to chatting again. No problem. Well, thanks for watching. Uh, join us again next time.